Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Well, since the last episode, two governor's races have been held. In Virginia, the GOP candidate Glenn Youngkin won. If the gubernatorial elections have taught us anything, it's that Virginia voters don't mind their elected leaders banning books so long as they dress like a suburban dad and throw out the tiki torches and red MAGA caps before they advocate such a position. <laughs> it's nice to know that Glenn Youngkin will hold a book burning but use the fire to make s'mores for all the neighborhood kids. <sighs> Donald Trump endorsed Glenn Youngkin for governor of Virginia, and in the process, he had trouble pronouncing his name. To be fair to Trump, he does have trouble pronouncing a name that has more than one syllable. Also, he is hesitant of supporting someone if he's not sure the name originated from a country whose refugees he tried to ban or imprison. Phil Murphy was barely reelected as governor of New Jersey. His opponent, Jack Chitterelli, as a state legislator, once tried to pass a measure banning swearing in New Jersey. 
That's like inviting a pedophile to an adults-only party. <laughs> that could explain why Chitterelli lost. It's because New Jersey voters don't trust someone who looks and sounds Italian but doesn't curse. Boston elected not only its first female mayor, but also its first non-white mayor. I think that's great. Because you know what that means? That means thanks to Trump inundating his supporters with claims that all elections are rigged, all of Boston's racists stayed home. <laughs> it looks as though the new infrastructure bill won't have a tax on billionaires that Elizabeth Warren wanted. If you think about it, billionaires have always had it pretty easy. In fact, the only time a billionaire has ever had a bad day is when Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. Oh, <laughs> the Supreme Court heard the two abortion restriction cases from Texas. The justice I'm watching is Brett Kavanaugh, not for how he'll rule on these cases, but because he has to now think about vulnerable women without getting an erection. Nice. Aaron Rodgers has been benched for lying about getting the COVID vaccine. I feel sorry for the NFL doctors. How are they supposed to know if they're looking at the effects of COVID brain or an old fashioned concussion? <laughs> Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse broke down while testifying on the stand. To be fair, it must be shocking for any white person to be on trial for, at the very least, brandishing an AR-15 in public. Christmas sales have started, and sale ads already started airing on TV and radio. I think that's careless of them. As slow as the post office has been lately, they should have started that shit in July. <laughs> GOP Congressman Adam Kinzinger announced that he won't be seeking re-election. The last time the political career of a moderate Republican was ended like this, it was at the hand of John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> and now on with the show. Please draw me a welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Devine Kerr. Hello, friends. Hey, Tom. Hello. Everyone, how are we doing? Daylight savings time is kicking my ass. I don't know. I'm not appreciating it getting dark at five o'clock right now. Not a fan. What's frustrating is, is being on the same side of an issue as Marco Rubio, because he has he's one of the sponsors of a bill to make daytime uh, daylight savings time permanent. And it's very it's about the only time I would agree with him. <laughs> I keep on time traveling into my kitchen because my microwave is not updated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, how did I lose an hour? <laughs> So you're not updating it yourself or you're waiting for it to update itself or in, in March, you'll be fine. I'm a modern woman, but that's a husband duty. <laughs> From going to talking about the most recent gubernatorial elections, we'll do what Donald Trump and his followers want us to do. Think about 2020. Joining us tonight to discuss these and various topics, please join me in welcoming our guest, Ken Water. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Ken. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure having you on. Reason why I wanted to have you on for this particular episode is because I know uh, you and I have talked. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, in the past few years, you've undergone uh, somewhat of a political conversion. Uh, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I am. Uh, I was a lifelong Republican. I I have voted for every Republican president since Reagan. Um, every single one, um, except for Trump. And, you know, it was, it was interesting because the, um, 
Hillary Clinton was the last person I would ever consider voting for in my life. Couldn't, couldn't stand her. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't tolerate the thought of her being in public life, never mind being president. But because the opponent was him, she slided down to the second worst person I could ever vote for. Uh, and so I actually, I, I stood in the, uh, in, the, in the polls and it took me like 20 minutes just to stare at the ballot. And then I finally pulled the lever and went home and cried in the shower. Uh, I, I said, you know, I'll, you know, I figured my choices are basically do I tread water in the cesspool for four years or do I play Russian roulette with half the chambers loaded? And I figured it was too big a risk. So four years later, I said, you know what? I was right. <laughs> uh, you feel OK but, about that decision? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 It was the right decision. And I stayed Republican uh, because I said, you know, this is temporary. He's going to he's he's here. He's going to be gone. And. And yeah. we'll get back to things because, you know, mostly for economic policies, military policies, I'm, I'm much more right wing than left wing. But for social policies, I'm much more left wing than right wing. But uh, so so uh, but but it became evident that it was not going to get better quickly uh, or even in the short run. Uh, and when they got rid of Liz Cheney for basically telling the truth, I said, I'm out. I think the, the big thing uh, that was brought up is that once Trump was elected, like the consensus was that, OK, I mean, OK, he'll be president, but at least he'll be he'll be pliable. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll be easy to mold. Like it'll be easy to go ahead and go along with certain certain policy decisions. But you know, it ended up uh, backfiring on you know the rest of the country and going to the uh, the Breitbart universe and the and the, the Newsmax folks. Well, I thought he would do what Reagan did or what George Bush did and basically surround himself with competent people and just say and, and just let them really do the detail work and be the figurehead. That's not what happened. So, uh, you know, it, it really did backfire. And, and, and But I, th- I think a lot of people were, you know, they liked the show. They liked the, they liked the stated policies, but uh, and they figured, uh, you know, competent people would handle the details. But you know, the competent people just kind of kept dropping out of the picture. I think there were certain people he he employed at the beginning. He hired for uh, the cabinet, for his staff, who may have had their uh, been focused on policy. Uh, and they try to ignore the rants and his uh, his insanity and they couldn't do it. And if they fo- pushed back on him saying this is not the way it's done, he fired them. Yeah. So anybody you might have thought uh, had a place in, in that role, a role that five years ago uh, was gone pretty quickly. He was the schoolyard bully. I mean, basically, I, I couldn't understand. I was like, here's somebody you wouldn't ever invite in your home. Why would you why would you elect this person as president of the United States? Well, I think also because he appealed to people's most base now wants and and wishes sort of the, the uglier aspects of their of their own personalities. Well, if you if you're religious, uh, you know, you say how does Satan tempt you uh, by offering you, you know, by offering you material things in exchange for your soul? And uh, you know, it kind of sounds like some of that stuff. I mean, people are like, well, I like I don't like him, but I like his tax policies. I like you know, I like the financial stuff, and it's like, well. Yeah, but how much are you willing to put up with? How how much are you willing to you know, 
And what are you willing to let him, let people do to other people in order to get those things? You're, you're thinking about it fairly and logically, Ken. Uh, there are some people who would say, well, I don't, I don't agree with his position on, uh, say, abortion and uh, right to choose, but he's going to make me a lot of money. Right. And I can I can always get my mistress an abortion. I can always get my wife an abortion. My daughter, I can always uh, get her get her to New York or California. But in the meantime, I'm going to make a lot of money. And yeah. then, but some uh, I hate the the thought. It's it's inconceivable of me to think that way. To say, well, to take my selfish interests financially uh, and put that above other people's social uh, social needs. But uh, but there are at least forty uh, percent of the country that's doing that. But how does that explain then all of the people who essentially voted against their own economic interests because they really aren't you know no a lot of his base is by no means getting rich from anything. Well then, then there's a certain that's a second part of the, those voters because they are they, it's not helping them economically but it's making it worse for uh, people of color. So I think Linda Johnson figured that out in the 60s. Here's the quote. If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. So that's how, how that way, those people think that way too. I think I mean, what you're he, saying is like, if you're... It, where he couldn't increase the lot of life for the white people, at least he can make things worse for the people they're comparing themselves to. Yeah, he's he's going to take money away from me, but look look at the harm he's doing to those uh, those immig- those people who are trying to uh, immigrate into the country. Yeah. And he also appealed to people's worst instincts. I mean, to try and you know rally people together. I mean, you know, you, you look at all the racial you know division that. That, that has just grown in this in this country in the past few years. Uh, and, and it's because he could incite people. He's good at inciting people. He's very good at rallying people. I mean, and there are people who, you know, he promises we're going to we're going to win. We're going to do best. We're going to do this. And there are a lot of people who don't look at the facts. They just read the bumper sticker. When making a political statement, such as doing a recount that's taking place under already questionable circumstances, it helps to make sure the optics are just right and not next to an amusingly named theme park as CNN's Kyung La points out in this clip. And this bizarre ride is far from over. In just a couple of hours, the ballot counting is going to pause because there are high school graduations next week. So they got to give up the space in the Coliseum. And so those 2.1 million ballots, they're going to travel outside that Coliseum past what I'm standing in front of, which is the Crazy Times Carnival. It runs through Saturday. The move is going to happen tomorrow morning. And they're going to head to that green building. The Cyber Ninjas, Arizona Republicans, the Senate Republicans say that that building is temperature controlled, 24 hours monitored with security. But here's a couple of issues, Anderson. The wall closest to the carnival has, as it's being used by carnival goers, it's public toilets, and the state fairgrounds does not recommend use of that building right now because of summer heat. And we're talking about paper ballots. Anderson? How long is the Crazy Time Carnival open, by the way? Do you know? Uh, another 48 hours. So oh, I believe wow. tickets are on sale if you'd like. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to rush down. Uh, crazy Times. Kyung La, appreciate it. Thanks very much. I like the idea that a Trump-backed recount like six months after Biden has already been sworn in is next to 
you know, someone puking because they <laughs> ate four corn dogs before getting on the tilt-a-whirl. I mean, that's perfect symbolism for these recounts that are going on. Having it done in a carnival is, is perfectly appropriate, too. Crazy times, am I right? <laughs> you said it. <laughs> now, the, uh, we also had uh, uh, McAuliffe conceding the day after, and the opponent uh, for the New Jersey governor race lost by a bigger margin, and it took him until today, Wednesday, for him to accept the results. Sounds not concede, not, no, not concede not. but accept no. the results. That's a, that was the way he put it. <laughs> oh, of course. The stop the steal mentality is so ingrained in the minds of most of the Republican Party. It's a wonder how they are able to focus on future elections, as Congressman Mo Brooks discovered the hard way. Now, our choices are very simple. There are some people who are despondent about the voter fraud election theft in 2020. Folks, put that behind you. Put that behind you. Yes. Look forward. Look forward. Look forward. Beat them in 2022. Beat them in 2024. Probably the most Alabama thing to do is not accept anything that's happened since 1865. It kind of does look like Mo. Mo that Mo Brooks is yeah, the, the, the voice, voice of the <laughs> got the same haircut. It's just a little, it's just gray instead of black. It's like older Mo. I, I like the way you set it up there, Ken. It was set up like uh, the three stooges go to Washington. <laughs> you know, Mo gets elected to Congress and yeah. hilarity ensues. <laughs> Mo, that, that idiot Mo Brooks is the uh, voice of uh, logic there. And he was speaking to people who don't understand logic. I personally would be in favor of them not accepting the results and in protest not voting again uh, <laughs> next time. But isn't that August 21st date? Wasn't that the date of reinstatement? One of them, I think. Yeah, until the next one. I just like that they're chanting for going backwards. Like all he was saying was like, let's move forwards. And they're like, no, never backwards only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah, he wants them to use their energy to uh, to help the next time. And they say, no, we don't want to do that. Backwards only. There's other elections coming up, you know. To understand MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell's theory behind the alleged cyber hacking of voting machines in the 2020 election, it's important to get to know the man himself. And Jimmy Kimmel helps us do so in this clip. I did bring you a book, though. You brought me a book. I read your book, by the way. You read it. I did read your book. Do you know that cover on there? That's where that was up 14 days with the drug dealers. I read it on my iPad. And they did an intervention on me. Yeah. And I came upstairs, downtown Minneapolis, came upstairs, and I said, uh, the one guy says, you know, you've been telling us for years this pillow thing is just a platform for God, and we're going to, and we want you to quit and come back and help us someday. You haven't <laughs> been at, you haven't been home for a couple of months, back home in Minnesota. Is this true? Tell yeah, me if yeah. I have this. No, one. that's right. I've been working hard on this, uh, the election and the machines and. Uh, and the machines. The, and we've the, heard a lot about yeah, the machines, yeah. but you were worried that someone is trying to kill you. 
We have had threats, many, many, many threats. You have? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you started out as a bar owner in Minnesota, right? Well, I started out, uh, I was always kind of an entrepreneur. My sister flooded a third-story building of an apartment complex, so I became a carpet cleaner. You did a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You then got uh, addicted got to no. cocaine and then crack. Mm-hmm. You have a gambling problem. You supported yourself counting cards. Right. You um, smoke more crack. You would go to these casinos. You'd count cards. They'd throw you out. You were arrested multiple times. You had to sell your beloved bar. You started making pillows. You quit smoking (laughs) crack. You made millions of dollars. And then you fell in love with Donald Trump. And now here we are. Is that correct? (laughs) Did I miss anything? Um, Well, you missed one thing. What did I miss? On January 16, 2009, by the grace of God, he did free me of all the addictions. Yes. And I woke up, I'm going, I'm looking around, I'm going, I was into politics. I didn't know anything about what a conservative was, a liberal. I didn't know a filibuster from a millibuster. I didn't know anything. Some would say you still don't, Mike, to be honest. (laughs) I do say say wash and not wash. Yeah, (laughs) okay. And so so I said, if I ever ran, I'd put the R back in Washington, you know. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not so much mad at Mike Lindell. You know, I'm mad at the guy who decided to lace his cocaine with PCP. He said he was working on the machine. I, I thought, is that, uh, is he talking about Florence in the machine? How's that for a current reference? A carpet cleaning machine. Yeah, okay. And has a credible history. I mean, you can, you can history predicts the uh, future. So is he still in sure Georgia to beyond? No, I think he's like every every place that any person would ever want to go into to buy stuff. <laughs> I think my pillow's been like you can only sell it online now, like like off of his uh, off of his website. I mean, even the the my pillow Twitter feed was removed was banned by Twitter because Mike Lindell started posting his conspiracy theories from that site after he was banned from using his own personal twitter feed so if if you buy if you buy a my pillow you'll get a 40 percent discount coupon on trumpy bear <laughs> don't don't sleep on it <laughs> i just love that whole run you know the chronology of his life and i kept thinking the whole time like he should be mayor of toronto like they love guys who smoke crack up there like i feel like these two get together and like write memoirs about how crack got them where they are today Devine is a canadian what do you think of that i'm impressed he's smart enough to count cards at the casino <laughs> that that takes some skills <laughs> uh, I said he counted them it didn't say he was got the right answer true true <laughs> That's that's why he kept doing the drugs and losing the bar. <laughs> Mike Lindell's cyber symposium attracted the cream of the crop, and by cream, I mean the cells that were created from the leftover splooge at an orgy. Among the other kooks was Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase, who gave this account of the reaction she received challenging the 2020 election results. We've got a band together, and I've never been more encouraged to be here because, like I said, in Richmond... We're in session right now. They have, I'm just, and I got censured in the Senate for saying this. The 2020 presidential election was stolen. And then I had the audacity to go to the January 6th Stop the Steel rally to stand with my president. I was cited for being an 
insurrectionist by three Republicans and the rest of the Democratic Party. They stripped me from every last one of my committees. They put me in the corner. They built a plexiglass wall around me on the floor of the Senate Shady. because I refused to wear a mask because I think that's socialism. speaks for itself doesn't it well i like how she tried to test out the line cited for being an insurrectionist the same yeah. way a comic at an open mic tests out the line let's give it up for the troops <laughs> but that was also the only line that they didn't cheer for yeah she was she was waiting she thought it was an applause line she bombed <laughs> she totally yeah, she did to me <laughs> they put me in a plexiglass cube away from everybody and then the covid pandemic started that would have been the perfect line to use. That would have been a great laugh line there. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be a right-wing conference without a musical allegiance to God and country. It is always taken as a sacred moment, even when the singing is off-key, such as this clip from the symposium. Ocean. Life with God, God bless America, oh, my home sweet home. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Roseanne did a better job than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Devine. I don't know why white people feel the need to harmonize, or at least try to harmonize without knowing what the definition of harmonizing is. God, you think it was a Mike Lindell symposium, there'd be a pillow there to smother her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just thinking, like, how many birthday parties have that person ruined, like, with that <laughs> I think it's a very generous assessment that you think that these people get invited to birthday parties. <laughs> They're ruining their own children's birthday parties. We know that. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> Cross-burning cross birthday cake, same thing. <laughs> With the total shunning of the American media, any opportunity to take their the election was stolen narrative abroad is an opportunity not to be wasted. However, it does backfire as former Trump attorney Sidney Powell discovered when oh, she was interviewed geez. by Australian television. Let's get a few simple facts straight. In how many states were Smartmatic machines and software used in the 2020 election? I don't even know the exact numbers. After all your involvement? Well, the focus was on the six key swing states, the places where voting had stopped being counted the night of the election. A Google search would tell you let alone anything that Smartmatic themselves have said subsequently, that they were involved in one single county in L.A. Are you saying you're not aware of that? Well, I'm saying I think their involvement's probably a lot bigger than that. But th their machines were used in one county. You're aware of that? Well, their machines might have been used one place, but their software could very well have been used other places. You said that Smartmatic owns... Dominion, how do you justify such a basic factual error? I'm going to stop this interview. <laughs> it's wholly inappropriate in the litigation that we're in. But we're not even in the area of great dispute. These are the simple facts no. of who owns what. No, we're done. <laughs> I'm highly skeptical of how long this is going to last. Okay. Woo! 
I appreciate you coming back. Yeah, well, I'm volunteering my time here, mm. and I didn't come here to be accused of anything. <laughs> well, I wonder if people like Sidney Powell, if they leave interviews like that because like, their body is so sick of the bullshit that the mouth is spewing that it decides it's just going to spontaneously combust and you know defecate without any bodily control whatsoever. <laughs> Like that, 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 that's what gives them the impetus to suddenly leave the interview. What did she think was going to happen? This is a person whose defense was, why would anybody believe me? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, what she, she said. She I, brought I, her I, therapy I, dog. <laughs> that helped her. <laughs> why would anyone take seriously what I say? I just, I, what I'm taking away from that is I'm going to start every conversation from now on with, I am volunteering my time <laughs> to be here and I am not here to be accused of things. Right. And th don't let the facts get in the way. Well, Abby, I, today I, is Wednesday. Hey, I am volunteering <laughs> my time to be here. I am not here for facts. That's actually the reaction of most of the non-comedian guests that we get on this show. I'm very skeptical as to how long this will take and I'm volunteering my time. <laughs> I wish I had a dog too. <laughs> yeah, that's another good takeaway. Like the, the visual of the dog, she was like, all right, we will begin. Put dog down, sit in chair. All right. She even matched her necklace with her puppy. You know, it's like. To sum up, the bottom line is no matter how hard we fight to maintain this country as a functioning democracy, our efforts will be in vain. It will get to the point where we may not even be able to vote freely in the 2022 midterms, let alone the 2024 presidential contest. It won't be because of the voter suppression tactics enacted by various Republican legislatures and governors. No, we will not be able to vote because we will all be dead because of a genetically modified version of the Omega variant of COVID-19. And on that note, that's our show. Hey. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Devine Kerr, and Ken Water. Thank you, Tom. Thank, thank you, Tom. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Eisen, Abby Mello, and Devine Kerr, and guest Ken Water. Theme music by Euron Vandenjurk. Executive producer Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A.A. Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions.
Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.